0: Ron and Anian, can I just ask you real quick, Alex? How do you listen to the show? Actually, we were coming back from
1: uh, fishing this morning, and uh, we, we just, you know, we were scanning, came across you, you and Tom, and it's a treat to listen to. I mean, it's very hard to get an 18-year-old to listen to uh, AM radio. He was really interested in what you were saying. and
2: yeah,
0: the car doctor took the cable cleaned it by the way one of the best ways for cleaning battery cables I still say it it still works you get bo- you get boiling hot water uh, you know forget all these chemicals I I've come to the conclusion that spraying all these chemicals on these batteries if you're not gingerly and careful you're spraying all these corrosive cleaners that get onto the wiring harness and everywhere else and it makes a mess welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian the car doctor since 1991 this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. It's time to start your engines. Hello and welcome. Ron and Andy and the Car Doctor here at 855-560-9900. Again, 855-560-9900. The Car Doctor's 24-7 phone number. You can give us a call anytime, day or night. Leave a message if we're not live. We are live Saturday afternoons, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. We begin our our quest on the network to fix all of America's broken cars. But the 855-560-9900 phone number is 24-7. It's there for you to use. Leave a message. Tom Ray, Executive Cook, Chief Bottle Washer, and Program Director today. We'll, uh, we'll get you back in the queue And put you up here for the next live broadcast Because that's what this radio show does Is we try to talk to you, reach out And uh, help solve your problem And uh, you know, get you going in the right direction Cardoctorshow.com cardoctorshow.com. That's the website. And uh, from there, you can sign up for podcasting via Spreaker. Just click on the podcast tab. And uh, there's also a live stream there. There's also a continuous loop at Spreaker that kind of plays on all Ron, all the time channel, um, which the only person I can listen to that is uh, my mom and a few other select people. Um, But in any event, that's what this radio show is about. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, I've said it before and I'm going to say it again. You've got to be out of your mind to fix cars. Because it's when you start to be when you're emotional and you start to think about it too much. That's when the failures occur, and it's the simple things. It's the little mistakes you make that take you down the wrong path. Again, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. The, my favorite line in, in, in the movies is the one in The Replacements, where where the coach is asking the football players, you know about fears, and they they start talking about bugs and everything else on the field. And then Keanu Reeves' character, uh, the quarterback, says his greatest fear is quicksand because it's you, you make one wrong move and then the next wrong move, and things start piling in on you. It's kind of like Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. It's a lot like life. You know, the pile gets bigger, the load gets heavier, and no matter what you're doing, you're struggling to breathe and survive. 1986, I'll repeat that, 1986, Ford Station Wagon, came into the shop at Ari Automotive, June of last year. It was Lou's. Remember Lou? Lou is my former office manager. He's since retired and moved on. He's doing some other stuff. And, we're, you know, it was an amical breakup. It wasn't like a bloody divorce. We just sort of said, yeah, you know, Lou wanted to go try something different in life. He had auto repair for 18 years, and let's go try and do this instead. And I, yeah, I got it. No problem. So he brought me the 86 Wally World Mobile, which is kind of what it looked like. It, You know, it's it's it, you put four headlights in the front of it and a big ugly gorilla could pass for National Lampoon Family Vacation 5, I guess, if they're going to make one. And it didn't start. And I kind of have listened to the check-in, I, you know, it's Lou, you know, you make that emotional decision. Ah, Lou knows what to tell me, he's going to tell me the right thing, and you know, all I got out of him was it was dead, all right? No crank, no, you know, turn the key, no dash lights. And he said, I think, which is my fault because I let him get away with thinking, he said, I think the animals got at the wiring harness again. Okay. You know, he said, no rush. I've got no place to put it. When you get to it, let me tell you something. The last thing you want to say to me is no rush because, dude, I've got so many cars to work on. No rush means we're not working on it, all right? It, it takes a while to get it back in the lineup, and that's just, you know, it's. you tell me no rush? No rush is no rush. It's when you absolutely have nothing else to do. You know what? In 43 years, <laughs> hasn't happened often. So, yeah, four months went by. I tried it. I did some, you know, quick, yeah, the car was stone dead, uh, you know, nothing out of it said, okay, wiring harness, I looked around, I saw some signs of animal tracks and things in the back here. Maybe it's an animal, we'll get to it. You know, that was June of 2017, June became October, October became November. I said, oh, let me take a quick look at this, I want to get it out of here before it snows, and I'm pushing snow around it all winter long, and somehow that day fell apart, and I spent the winter pushing snow around Lou's station wagon. So April rolled around. And Lou came to me and he said, end of April, and he said, I really need the car. He goes, I got to move some things and it's my moving van and, you know, it's really, it's time. He says, I got to decide what I'm going to do. And I said, yeah, I can dig it. I get it. No problem, Lou. I'll put you at the top of the list. Within three days, I got to lose car because I can do that. You know, you tell me no rush, no rush. You can tell me you really need it. I'll create it. I'll make it happen. Car was dead. I said, wow, you know, no power. And In my mind, the last thing I heard Lou say, right, was animals got to the wiring harness. Stinky thinking. My mind is polluted now. Now I'm going after animals and wiring harnesses. I'm not doing the basics. First thing you do when the car is dead and you've got no electrical power, what's the first thing you should check? How about the battery? Duh. All right? I went over and tested the battery. I don't know. You think 1.8 volts is enough? So I I called Lou up, and I said, Lou, I'm missing part of the story here. Tell me what happened. Because, okay, the battery could have gone stone dead from sitting in the shop, but it was no different than the day it got dropped off. Lou, tell me the story here. What really happened? I said, did the car die? You had come back from driving it? Oh, no, I wasn't driving it. I was storing it at my mom's house, okay, and this is the part that got me. You ready for the line? When I took the cover off the car, there was a cover on the car, Lou? Yeah, I didn't want it to get, you know, covered with stuff while it was sitting there. The car was sitting there, Lou? Yeah. Why was it sitting there? Well, because I really didn't have time to drive it, and I didn't need it, and I wanted to just make sure nothing happened to it, so I had it covered. Well... Like, were you covering it every week? He said, no, it was on there for a couple of months. I said, what's a couple of months? He goes, I don't know. Two, four, ten. <laughs> oh, boy. <sighs> so tried charging the battery. That got me nowhere. Lou, i got to put a battery in the car. Put a battery in the car. Turn the key. Car wouldn't start. Actually, no, that isn't what happened. I jump-started it with the old battery with a jump pack. After charging it to build up some base voltage, wouldn't start. Got out my bottle of propane, shoved some propane down the throat of the motor, fired up. Car's running. Wow, look at this. Took the propane away, it still ran. It was leaking fuel from number number 7 injector on the 4234. Four. Number 8, number 8 injector all the way in the back. It it just it was just seeping fuel. All right, call them up, Lou. You need a battery? and I've got to look at this leaking injector. He said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So I put a battery in it. Car starts every time now. Absolutely no no wiring harness damage. And I prepared to do the injector. I let it sit for a couple of three days because I had to get parts because, did I tell you it's an 86? Let's do the math. 86, 96, 2006, 2016. It's 33 years old, give or take.
3: Almost, almost 33. Yeah, almost, it, almost 33. It was new when I was married.
0: Right. It was new when when Tom was married, and he had hair, and he was better looking. So, although he's not bad now, but that's up to his wife. So, you know, 33 years old. It takes a while to find an injector. So the car sat for three days. Went out there three days later, started up to bring it in. (laughs) Gee, I don't smell any fuel anymore. Do you know the O-ring on the injector sealed itself? I swear to God, I let that car run half a day on Tuesday didn't leak, shut it off, came back Wednesday morning, started it up, didn't leak, shut it off, started at the end of the day, didn't leak, started it one more time Thursday morning, Lou, come get your car. It's done. And the point of this is my fault. I did a bad job of diagnosing. Not that I did a bad job of diagnosing, but I didn't follow procedure. And that's why you've got to be out of your mind. You call me with a problem or you bring your car to the shop, or you take your car into the mechanic, the first job of a mechanic, the absolute first job of a mechanic, is to gather information, not assumptions, not I think, not it feels like, not maybe. Tell me what the car did, and then tell me the test results you've got to fix the car. How did you fix the car? How did you come to that conclusion? And that's what it takes to repair. And that's why you can't be you. You can't be in your mind. You've got to be out of your mind. You've got to be unemotional. You've got to be a little bit of a robot and a computer to fix the car, because if you're otherwise, it might sit in the yard for ten months, eleven months, and uh, not get fixed. And somebody has to push snow around it for for the better part of uh, four months in a very long winter. So, um, true story. I did fix Lou's car. For those of you that have been visiting the shop, going, "Wow, can I buy that car?" No, it's not for sale. That car is gone. Um, now we're going to work on Carpenter Bob's truck, which is a
3: whole nother story. By the way, I just posted a, a sales flyer for Lou's car up on the uh, Facebook page. Oh, for the um, – uh, yeah, I know which one you posted to. <laughs> so, uh, you know what we have to put – you know what
0: I want to put up there? By the way, real quick before we wow. go to break. A lot of the listeners – remember last week when I talked, we had that call from Texas, and I made the comment about how God gave me the radio show, which is a true story. God's honest, true story. Mm-hmm and i've had a, i've had more than a few people write in they say they want to hear the story of how i got the radio show rather than do it here and take up this form this forum and, and make this for that remember when i did the boomer rocks interview mm. with the gentleman with the radio show out in michigan yeah, last year so. yeah well why can't we link our on our why can't we put a link up on our on our webpage to that podcast stream on his, and they can listen to that segment there because that that tells the story of how um, how the radio show came to be a million years ago.
3: Well, I could do that, but how much is it worth to you? Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, listen. How'd you get here today? Did you drive?
3: Yes, as a matter yeah. of fact.
0: Sooner or later, I'm like that white Alice cigar. Sooner or later, you're going to need me because I'm going to get you. Eight five five
3: five six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor, and Tom coming back right after this. Don't you hate when you need some expensive part or service? It sure makes maintaining your car a frustrating task. Thankfully, Pep Boys has over a million parts in stock, like batteries, filters, brake pads, and more. And, if you need a little extra help, the Pep Boys will install the part for you. Since 1921, Manny Moe and Jack's legacy has been to provide quality parts, service, and tires to people everywhere. So the next time you need car advice or simply want a service done, head to the pros. Visit your local Pep Boys or shop online at Pepboys.com.
2: Little GTO, you really look at mine. Three deuces and a four speed and a
3: 389. Need advice on how to maintain that classic GTO? Ron is the guy. 855 560
2: 9900. Here's
3: Ron. It is it my turn now? No, I thought I'd sing for a while. So I saw that study.
0: You kind of leaned forward with the finger, and you went, and I went because I wasn't. It wasn't that. You want to try that again? Okay. Hey, Ron and Annie, the car doctor. <laughs> Glad we still got the. You know, this this is the act made for radio. Let's. Um, gee, what do you want to do now, Tom? Um, by the way, you know, I wanted to ask you real quick before we go to the phones. Can yes, I do sir. that? Father's Day's around the corner. Mm. You have any Father's Day stories? What did Dad teach you about cars? You want to think about that, and I'll come
3: back to you. Actually, my my dad and I actually uh, redid—not um, redid, but uh, fancied up, if you will—the engine on a, uh, I think it was a '65 Ford um, Ford Falcon convertible. It was always Fords. Yeah. Well, well, yeah, yeah. He 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 was a Ford guy, and I mean, we pulled the you know we pulled the head the uh, the cylinder covers off and then cleaned them out and painted them and uh, and and customized some of the under dash and stuff and. Uh, uh, you know he taught me how to swear at cars, really <laughs> is that why we did all that? there we um, go that's some of your best memories right yeah yeah I mean, that that's that 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 was the fun stuff you, you yeah. know we I, I, the sad part is you know my dad always tried he tried to do, he he tried to fix the plumbing he tried around the house he tried to do electrical he tried to do work on the car, and it always came out to be a disaster, but it was always funny
0: <laughs> I remember, and the reason I'm asking is because the folks at Bosch want to hear from the listeners with regards to their fathers, you know, the advice that dad gave you, the SOS stories, how dad bailed you out or that father figure, you know, Father's Day's around the corner and we've been talking about this for a while and they they, they want to hear, they want they may use part of it in something and, and it's just um, you know, it's just it's just some of the neat stories that are coming in and how people relate to cars and their dads and um, you know, growing up what it meant to them. And I always believed, and I still believe and will believe, that cars are just that emotional connection for a lot of us. They really are. Uh, you look at a car and you think back, God, I had that in high school, I had that in college, or I remember my dad working on that with me. For me, it's, it's I learned my fractions from my father. Really? Well, yeah, I was, I was seven years old, all right, and I was the middle kid. And, you know, the middle kid, that middle kid syndrome thing, you know, they always, they always seem to spend more time with the first one and the younger one. The one in the middle, eh, you know, what's so special about him? So, you know, I used to sit on the fender of the car, and my father would fix it, and it was always, as I recall, the morning of the vacation. We're leaving on vacation. My father decides that's the time to tune the car up. And I sat there, and I would sit on the fender um, because I wanted to be right up close and see what Dad was doing. And I need a 7-16th wrench, and I'd be like, what's that? And then, you know, you go to the toolbox, open the drawer, find the one that has a 7-16 on it. So I found seven. Now I need a half-inch. Now I need a 3-8. Now I need an 11-16th. And I'd be like, you know, I get the numbering system, but why is this one bigger than this one in the opening? And he explained it all to me, that it's a measurement. You know, he got out the tape measure, and he said, this is this long, and this is this long, and 7 16 is this wide. And You know what? I was 6, 7 years old. I knew my fractions. All right, and I was one of the few kids that, you know, I could chew gum, walk, talk, and do math at the same time. It was kind of an amazing thing in my neighborhood. That's cool. But I, I remember that very vividly, my father teaching me fractions like that. Well, um,
3: my, my, uh, my bailout story with my son was... Uh the day of his first date, he came home uh, from school with the car, and oh my God, the, the, the fan doesn't blow, you know, we'll, we'll, only, we'll only run at high speed, and I can't hear myself think, so I remember picking up the phone and calling you and you saying, well, it's either in the switch or it's in the motor or it's in the resistor in there, and of course I'm i do electronics so he and i crawled under the dashboard and i taught him how to troubleshoot an electronic circuits. So. Right, yeah, i remember um you know my sos story with my
0: kids if they asked if you asked my kids it would probably be they were all excited the day each and every one of them got their license oh i got my license this is great i can go drive and i looked at each and every one of them and i said how are you gonna do that with a flat tire and and they said what flat tire i said well because i had just come in from outside i said i think your car has a flat tire i'd be sitting down with the owner's manual to read about how to change that and let's go out and do that <laughs> together and every, every one of my kids they may not admit it or remember it. i think they'd remember it i don't know if they'd admit it but every one of my kids can change a flat tire because that's great we we sat down and you know um, and, and you know what and i think that's a positive i think one of the jobs as a parent. In, in teaching kids how to drive and something I don't see a lot of parents doing anymore and maybe if it's a judgment, so be it. I'm allowed to, I'm at that age. But you've got to empower the kids. Kids are afraid of cars, which boggles my mind. Well, I know. And, and and you know the kid has to be able to walk up to the car, I've got a flat. How do I think my way out of this problem? Let's look in the trunk. Let's look in the owner's manual. Let's let's you know let's do what we have to do. Those are life skills. You know, kids need to have life skills. They need to have wins. One of the things, and I'm way off the subject here, and I guess we're going to blow at this segment we'll come back to the phone calls next segment and i'm sorry but one of the things that we need to teach in high school absolutely positively and i don't think we do is teach kids how to balance a checkbook i think you're right because they could they graduate as seniors they go off to college and they got to write checks in the commissary they don't have a clue Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. i have a clue i'm ron and any in the car doctor i'll be back right after this Back, Ron and Andy, the car doctor, 855-560-9900. By the way, if you do have a good SOS Father's Day story, Dad rescuing you and that kind of thing with cars, or what you learned from Dad, send them to me, Ron at car com, Ron at car com, or just put them up on the car doctor Facebook page and uh, we'll copy them off of there. And we thank you for participating. Let's get over and talk to Tim in Chico, California. Some comments about restoration shops. Tim, welcome to the car doctor, and I appreciate your patience, sir. Thanks for waiting so so uh, so long there on that hold.
1: Hi there. Um, Yeah, um, I had an old Mazda, and we're kind of geographically isolated, no Mazda dealer, and I discovered a shop that you might be interested in, California Push-Pull Incorporated, and they are cable specialists, and they manufactured a OEM quality, New cable to release the the trunk, you know that you have on Japanese cars. You right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Lever.
0: Yeah. What was, they, this, what was they, this? A Mazda RX-7 or something else?
1: It was a Protege. Okay. Yeah, and so they can make any cable um, for anything automotive, industrial, or automotive um, to your specifications. You send in what you got, or some of them. I think they have plans for and really, really good quality. And um, another shop that I. I I recommend is um, it would warm your heart to know that they just started an internship this summer for uh, teenagers to have their first um, summer job. And they manufacture automotive, uh, well, mostly truck fuel tanks. And they're having trouble attracting young people that have the requisite skills in um, working with aluminum and metal in their fabrication business they, they, it's called transfer flow right and they they make fuel tanks uh some of them even bolt into the original places and have you know more capacity and so that's a, a pretty uh pretty interesting uh scenario i thought you'd enjoy hearing about yeah
0: and and it kind of makes me think you know i wonder it's been a long time since i stepped into a high school but you know, do they still teach? You know, is there still metal shop in high school anymore? Is there still some kind of fabricating class? Do they still do? You know, I, I wonder what high school auto shop programs look like these days. And it's
1: it's ag mechanics now in in the Central Valley of California. It's all ag mechanics, you know, because there's jobs waiting. We have a a welding program at the junior college that has one hundred percent placement rate. There, there there are people hounding them to come 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 weld for us. So. It's yeah, it's live and well up in the in the in the farming areas. Can,
0: can you repeat that again, Tim? What kind of mechanics is it?
1: Ag mechanics, agricultural mechanics. Oh,
0: okay, okay, yeah. sure, yeah, okay, yeah.
1: That's that's where that's where all the emphasis is at, and um, yeah.
0: And, Any idea what those what those welders are, are getting paid a starting salary of?
1: Oh, I <laughs> I think there's. Um, I think there's jobs out there waiting in the forty to fifty dollar range. There's a a,
0: um, a kid out of high school.
1: He, well, if you've got those skills, yeah. There's a construction uh, trade show, with kind of you know similar trade. They're doing a trade show in Sacramento this weekend, and they expect to have seven thousand jobs in the area of Sacramento per year uh, that they're having trouble filling, and and they're they're offering forty to fifty dollars an hour. Um, for um, qualified people in construction. So that that shows you. <laughs>
0: that's that's. Uh, wait a minute now. Forty dollars an hour at forty-hour week. That's sixteen hundred dollars a week. Yeah. For a high school kid.
1: Mhm. Eighteen yeah, years yeah.
0: old. Yeah. If you
1: if you got the welding skills and or the construction skills, uh, there there's. Yeah, there's and, jobs waiting,
0: and, and everybody's going to college. Why? To be, bro- <laughs> to be to be broke.
1: I asked that myself. Yeah, yeah to, to be
0: broke. Uh, yeah, y- y- you know, what do you do for a living, Tim? I'm just curious.
1: I'm an automotive window tinter.
0: Okay, all right. Yeah. I bet you you've and, seen some changes over the
3: years.
1: Yeah, 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 and uh, there's uh, spectrally selective films that um, that are very light in color and and they. And they Stop all, almost all of the infrared heat from coming in, which you feel more on your arm as a driver. And right. uh, So yeah, pretty pretty advanced technology. Can,
0: can I ask you if I understood you correctly? You restored a Mazda Protege.
1: Yeah, it was my father's car where I got my mechanical jeans, Yeah.
0: See, yeah, you see, it always comes back to. There's always that emotional attachment. Isn't that interesting? Right.
1: Yeah. Um, you, you know because. See, You've on another subject. You've commented about your your dislike of some automotive headlight systems, and I, I have a really valuable resource I wanted to share with your listeners on that, too, just to kind of understand where we're coming from and where we're unfortunately going with some of these lights. Um, um, can I give out that name? Sure, go ahead. Absolutely. Okay, so it's called Daniel Stern Lighting Consultancy. And he is some kind of lighting or electrical engineer, and he has a very informative web page and talk about the U.S. standards, you know, for lighting and and mistake, You know, he doesn't recommend that people put in retrofit bulbs that you know try to drive an HID or LED right. bulb in in the original enclosure. He 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 can talk to you. You know, he, he talks about that and. The, um, very interesting lighting site. Um, you know, you're probably, probably thinking, what can you do to the headlights on your 72 Monte Carlo? And that would be a good place to um, um, to look.
0: Yeah. Daniel, What is that again? Give us the address, DanielStern.com?
1: Yeah, Daniel Stern Lighting Consultancy.
0: Okay. Daniel Stern, and he like can an actually,
1: And he can actually sell you... Um, bulbs and relays and stuff to improve the performance of, of OEM equipment.
0: How long have you been, how long have you been working on cars, Tim?
1: Since 1977?
0: You have a real passion for it, don't you?
1: I do. I have a college degree, but I never used it right. uh, informally. Yeah
0: you don't really you don't really work for a living, do you? You just get to go work on cars.
1: That's what my wife says. I seem to enjoy myself too much at the end of the day. I'm too
0: happy. yeah what are you what are you driving besides the Mazda anything else?
1: Uh, we've got two Hondas and a Nissan truck.
0: Yeah, what'd you drive in high school?
1: Oh, in high school, my first car was, uh, you won't believe this, a Simca.
0: Yeah, I kind of remember those. Yeah, I kind of remember those.
1: Yeah, you probably remember saying the bad words at uh, cussing at the the starters on on French cars. They were made by a company called Paris Rome. Yeah, oh my God. you couldn't get any parts for them. Uh,
0: You know how you knew it was French? It was usually the thing you saw on the side of the road, um, you know, but those were the days. It was, it was very, very different. Um, I was watching a TV show the other day. What the heck was I watching? Um, chips. I'm, I'm into mm-hmm. chips now. I don't know why. I've discovered chips on Amazon, and um, uh, just the cars that are there. The cars are the stars, as they say. Uh, yeah. you know, And you look at what's there, and, and very different world, very, very different world. Uh, than what we have today. All right, you, sir. Listen, I um, all right, one more question. Yeah, go ahead, real quick.
1: Um, did you recently say that there is a scan tool that can recover information about recently deleted codes?
0: No, no.
1: I I heard that on the air somewhere that um, that there was that that capability exists now to recover like like let's say someone reset a check engine light prior to selling a car, and then it comes back on, you can't pass your emissions test, and that would be a useful feature to have to see if it had been tampered.
0: Well, maybe what you're thinking about is you might have heard me say that once you clear codes, you will reset monitors, you will reset the self-tests. Mm-hmm. So when you're buying a used car and you want to take a scan tool with you, if the check engine light's not on, go look at the monitors. If the, okay. the, the only valid way... to to the only well the best way the best way to gauge a used car's check engine light history and condition if you don't have anything in writing is scan it if the monitors if all the self-tests a monitor is a self-test all right we're talking about high school a lot today it seems did you take did you take math in high school tim yes did you take every test no did you pass every test (laughs) No. okay so a monitor is a test All right? The computer runs that monitor each and every time you start and run the vehicle. The test runs to completion. So completed isn't the key operative. What we're looking for is that it passed the completed test. All right? So if you go to buy a used car and there's nine monitors, nine self-tests, and all of them show incomplete, then that means that the check engine light likely was either Cleared the code was cleared just recently within the last 24 or 36 hours, and the vehicle wasn't driven, or the vehicle had a dead battery, or the battery was disconnected. So, okay. so that will tell you check engine light, mental state, health, etc., etc. But mm-hmm. something to recover deleted codes? No, that that doesn't exist. And. Um, I don't know that we. If it did, we'd see it anytime soon. Um, the only other thing that's in there that we don't really understand that nobody talks a lot about are the black boxes that are in cars today for the vehicles that get into accidents and they want to do crash data re- uh, retrieval. That's a whole other subject. Okay. All right. All right, sir. Listen, Thank I really you. enjoyed the call, and I'm uh, glad to know that you're out there listening, and I appreciate your comments. You uh, you give us a call back anytime. Okay, thank you. Take good care, Tim. I'm Ron and the car doctor, 855-560-9900. We're coming back right after this.
2: Hey, Whether it's back. a Little
3: Red Corvette or a Hugo, you've come to the right place to get that car fixed. Ron and and the car doctor, 855-560-9900. Now, back to Ron. Is it my turn
0: now? Okay, just, just checking. Tom's got a lot going on in there today. That's okay. We're professionals. Anyway, let's go over and talk to Rick in Turner Falls, Mass, I think that is. Mass or Maine? Mass. Okay, Rick, finally we get to talk. How can I help you, sir? Uh, yeah,
2: uh,
1: Ron, I, I got a problem with my radio. I changed my battery uh,
2: a while ago and it's got that anti-theft device.
0: Oh, sure, anti-theft built into the radio, Okay
2: yeah and uh of course the radio went off right and i had the i had to type in the uh the code
0: do you have the code I, have,
2: I i have the code, but i typed in the wrong code <laughs> okay and what happened is now when i push the you know power it's locked it just up goes off right. yeah it's locked up
0: how many how many positions do you have on the key you know when you turn the key is it one two and then run uh one two it's
2: on, my, on on the key.
0: Right on the on the ignition switch.
2: One,
0: two. Yeah, I think it's just two. Yeah, it's two. Okay, so what you've got to do is you've got to do you've got to do a radio reset. Okay. Um, yeah. Now most of the cars work off of first position, not second position. Meaning that turn the ignition key to position one. Nothing else uh-huh. on in the car. Let the car sit. Within two to three hours, this takes time, all right? Within two yeah. to three hours, it you, it should come up with it. It changes the word on the on the face of the radio. It'll change from locked, I believe, code comes up, and then you can enter the correct code. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: All I, right. That won't kill my battery, will it?
0: Well, it might. Depends on the state of charge of the battery. So you want to have a battery charger nearby just in case. Oh. Uh. All right. I I didn't say this was. I didn't say this was a foolproof idea. Um, You know, this is the way Volvo made it because the thinking was that nobody could sit there with their key on for three hours, unless they if they if they were stealing the radio. I mean,
2: I hate these things. Yeah,
0: I. You know why? You know my listen. My whole feeling is, you know, when the car was new, even when the car was new, who was going to steal the radio out of a '99 Volvo?
2: I know. I would have picked the wall not the radio. Right.
0: What are you gonna, What are you going to do with the you know the radio? The radio fits the dashboard so specifically now that I don't get why we have anti theft codes in any radios. I know. I don't understand it myself. And and th- the next biggest pain in the butt is wheel locks. They put wheel locks on cars, and the car is now more than four years old. the The, the wheels look like they were trashed by Mel Gibson and The Road Warrior, and <laughs> you know you know. Now I ask people, Hey, where's your wheel lock key so I can rotate the tires? My what? You know, it's lost. It, the dog ate it. It fell out the window. The last five repair shops, you know, broke it. It's amazing. But try that. Sit there with the key on. You'll see it change to code when it goes to code. Enter the code, and you should be okay. All right, sir. All right, I'll try it. Let me know what happens, Rick. Eight five 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 six zero nine nine zero zero. Ron and Andy, the car doctor. We're back right after this. Welcome back. running in the car, Dr. 855-560-9900. Let's go over and talk to Vance, Springfield, Illinois, 13 Buick Encore. Yes, Vance, how can I help?
2: Well, I appreciate you taking my call. Uh, I've got a problem with the battery being run down uh, after you shut the car off. Sometimes the radiator fan will stay on, and within about 15 minutes, the battery's dead, and you need to jump. Okay. Uh had it into the dealer. They had it two days. They said they test drove it. They tested all the systems. They couldn't find anything wrong with it. Uh, I am actually taking it back in Monday morning to them. Uh, but in the meantime, just I've talked to some friends, and they've given me some ideas. But I listened to your show, and I just wanted to see if you had any ideas, because uh, my wife refuses to drive her, and it's her car, right. until she's sure it's, it's correct. Let
0: me, let me ask you this question. Uh, it's a 13 Buick. Is that the original battery?
2: Uh, no. We replaced the battery uh, in August of 16. I took it back to the battery. It's a local dealer stop. Uh, batteries and they've got a good reputation they tested it and they said the battery was worn down but it wasn't a bad sell right so that okay. was confirmed also by the dealer
0: okay yeah and i just you know let me just let's let's do the simple stuff first so battery's good at this point what you're telling me is then it's an intermittent failure right this doesn't happen all the time correct all right so you know these fans are controlled by relays which are controlled by the main engine computer all right? The, the simple question is there's three fans involved in this in the underhood fuse block. And, you know, you wonder is one or two or a combination of relays sticking? Do I have a relay issue? How hard would it be to number the three fans, number the three relays? And if you have something else common in the vehicle, you know, if, if, if the relay next to it runs fog lights and it's the same relay as the fan, swap it out. Does the problem go away? All right? Um, okay. You know, just, just substitution. The problem is you can't duplicate the issue, right? It, it happens intermittently. So you really have to catch it in the act. And until that happens, no mechanic, no Mr. Goodwrench in the world, you know, they got to take calculated guesses and, and sort of follow it along that way. So the only other thing I would suggest is obviously scan it for codes, and then last, ask them to um, ask them to just see if there are any flash updates to it as far as software is concerned for this condition. I've seen that on General Motors products as well. Give me a call back next week. Let me know what happens, Vance. I'm Ron, and Andy, the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive; they're
3: priceless. I wanted-